It's gonna be good. people. It's me, Jenny D from Spill With Me, Jenny D podcast. I am so excited and thrilled to have my special guest, Joe and Sue Sweeney from the Aservio Project. I had them in January for Human Trafficking Month, which we should be talking about this every month. And they're here today to tell us about what's going on and if there's any in Anything that's been happening that we should talk about, Joe? Sure, sure. Well, there's been a lot of changes since we spoke uh, in January, and one of the most recent ones has been the conversation has exploded uh, of human trafficking and child exploitation because of the release of the movie Sound of Freedom. Right. It it has started a conversation uh, all over the country. Why do you think they released that movie? Like, who was in charge of this? You know, I, I don't know. I read an article where it was made four or five years ago, and then the studio that produced it uh, sold another another company bought that studio and then it was shelved and so this has been a, this has been in the coming but it just hasn't been for a long time yeah, yeah I think it's been five or six years trying to get it released and wow. and I don't understand that that business world of entertainment yes. but a lot of it's licensing and things and Angel Studios uh, finally got the rights to uh, to release it nice so they didn't make it or anything but they they fought to, to buy the rights for it and um, and it was a crowdfunding effort. Nice. So that's why when you go see it, they're asking people to, uh, you know, pay it forward for folks that, that can't. But it's Absolutely. we were actually asked to speak up in Grove City three showings three. before the movie and after to do Q&A. And after every showing, we probably were there at least an hour answering so, questions. Joe and Sue, for someone who hasn't watched the movie, do you think it's good for children or is it better for the adults to watch it to inform their children of what's going on? I think definitely the adults it could scare children i think don't you joe yeah i, I think, think it's more for, for for parents to become aware awareness. of the things um i mean in the movie um it starts off with the first child getting kid kidnapped basically they go to a, a modeling i don't want to spoil it for people but they the father is told that his two children a boy and a girl will be um to take them to a place where they're going to be um, interviewed as models and to come back at 7 o'clock that night. When he goes back at night, it's totally empty and they've gone and that yeah. both kids have gone. Um, and if you remember back in the day, I can remember when our kids, who are grown now, when they were little, um, you'd go to the mall and people would come up to you and tell you, oh, your daughter would be great as a model. And, oh, yeah. You know, back in the... So I don't know whether that was an involvement. You don't see that anymore. Right. But... Um, but it's so it's not it's a scenario that people can relate to, right? Because it can happen. Sure. This is it not can happen, yeah. right? But unfortunately, that 
that is not really what happens in this country. Um, and I can see that happening definitely. I mean, the movie is set in Colombia. Okay. Not see, in the United States. I haven't seen States. it yet. I'm a, I was a little nervous to see it. Yeah, it's, it, it's well done. Uh, and, and I actually think if your child's 14 or 15, yes, then it's they, okay. they could go see anything younger than that, and it's going to be up to the parent. Uh, there's not a lot of graphic, but you can certainly understand what's taking place there. And it is set overseas, which, of course, it occurs here in the United States, and it looks a lot different than the movie. Right. But the movie gets the point across, uh, listen, this is a this is a global criminal epidemic. Yes. You know, and I think as we spoke in January, it's $150 billion estimated yeah, I mean, revenue. I, I can't understand. Yeah, and, and to be honest... It is the worst humanitarian crisis of our time today. It really is. Now, last time we talked in January, what were the statistics compared to now? Oh, they're about the same. They're about, about the same. same. Yeah. And, and you have to remember, you know, it's the most underreported crime there is. So these are these are guesstimates. Right. So they try to get them in with the range. But uh, I think now the, the latest report was a couple of months ago. I think it was Homeland Security. They're estimating now 49 million people a year are trafficked every year. 49? And this is the United States. Globally. Globally. Globally with $150 billion revenue oh generation. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. In the stats, you know, if you look up different statistics, they fluctuate a little bit. Listen. If it's one million kids, it's too many. Right. right? If it's one. If it's one million dollars. I mean, but it is millions of children. It's right. two to three million kids in the United States a year are sexually exploited every year. So and after watching that movie, you guys went and talked at a couple different places. What did you talk about? Well, after the movie, um, they... They had Joe interviewed before the movie was showed, okay. and then they showed the movie, and then they asked if people would like to stay for a Q&A. And I would say maybe 20% of the population of the, the, the audience got up and walked out, and but the 80% stayed. Oh, that's good. Yeah, for that's sure. That's perfect. Oh, wait one second. Hello, my beautiful people. It's me, Jenny D, from Spill With Me, Jenny D Podcast. I am here with returning guests. I have Joe and Sue Sweeney, who are the, uh, what would you call it? Co-founders. The co-founders yeah. of the Asturvio Project. I had them on my podcast in January for Human Trafficking Month, and now I brought them back because we really need to talk about it and talk about what's going on and some fundraising that they need help with. So, Joe, uh, further ado, or Sue, uh, tell us about what you do for the people don't know about the Acervio? Sure, sure. The, the Acervio project started in 2017. Um, was really the first year that we incorporated and applied for our nonprofit status to combat human trafficking and child exploitation. How we got to that point was in 2016, my background's 29 years of law enforcement and federal government service. Right. And I had a friend of mine ask me to help rescue some kidnapped American kids who were taken to South America. And I happened to be overseas at the time, and he's been a friend for many years, and I, I knew he was doing this, but for some reason, it just started me in my spare time to look into it. Right. And when I started basically Googling kidnapped American children, I'd say, hun, for the next eight months, mm -hmm. oh. I'd come home, leave again. You know, I was doing rotations all over the world with my government job. 
We, after eight months, found out numbers were estimating 27 to 30 million people a year sold into slavery. Oh, my God. Globally. And it was in the 90s, I guess, $90 billion. None of us, you know, have been aware of that. I don't think any of us really knew. At the time, I, I never heard of those numbers right. or understood the scope of human trafficking and child exploitation. Yes. So we really did a deep dive on this. And we, we didn't start this lightly. Um, you know, I was busy. I'm typically at the time, I was six, seven months away, you know, doing my, my contracting work. Right. Sue was busy running. We have a small business at home. And uh, when we decided to do it, it, it was it was thought through. We knew this was going to be a lot of work. It's going to take a lot. And it was a, it was an epidemic that nobody wanted to hear, mm-hmm. nobody wanted to talk about. No, nobody's talking about it. Nobody, until just recently. It's, we certainly now have yeah. had a little bit of an impact. But that's what started it. And we mm-hmm. just committed to it. We got our nonprofit status the same year. And really, it was Sue and I, and we had a volunteer at the time. We just went to work. Right. I just went to work. I thank you both for getting this going, because I felt like if you wouldn't, who else would? We weren't looking to do this. No, but it came into your lap. Like It's almost like those things that you think to yourself, I need to be there. I need to be that person to just start. You know, I describe it as God put a post-it note on my forehead I couldn't take off. I couldn't get... The numbers of these people and these kids being sold for profit out of my head. And neither could say, I mean, she, we just couldn't believe it. So we really went to deep lengths to verify what we were learning and, and understanding. And we just started it. At the to, beginning, we didn't think the stats were real. Right, you don't. We yeah. just thought, no, that can't be. There can't be that right. many. And certainly not in the United States. So it only happens in third world countries. But right. then the more we went into it, the more we realized, yes, it's happening here in every single state, in every single neighborhood. Right. And people are so unaware of it here in the United States. They only think it happens in other countries. Right. And Sue, with you being a mom and a grandma, how do you feel like when you started this? Was it a little hard for you? Yeah, it was a, a little scary to think, you know, of, of the things that we heard and we saw. Um especially when we started investigating it a bit more and you realize some of the horrific, horrific situation these children are put in. You try to sleep at night thinking how these children are are treated and it's very difficult. Um, I can imagine. If I was a young mum, it might be very hard, you know. But this is the time for them to be aware of what's going on. Because it's social media. Yes, it absolutely is social media in this country. In other countries, it's very different. The model is very different in third world countries to what it is in the United States. But in the United States, social media is the main cause of this. Of where they're finding it right here. Sure, it's basically a network that uh, the predators or you know the traffickers use every every kid is on social media right it's, so it's the way easy they, for them it's mm-hmm. easy so they jump on there and they're targeting kids who are vulnerable right. and that can look a, a hundred different ways depending you know what's going on in their lives mm-hmm. you know you could have a, a, a severely dysfunctional family you have kids in the social service system, foster care kids sometimes fall between the cracks, you know. Um, you, you can have kids who are bullied at school. Right. You can have kids who have some mental health issues. Right. Um, 
and, yeah. then, and then we've seen kids that are in perfectly wonderful families yeah. that still get targeted. Right. And yeah. You know, there are Christian schools and the family's wealthy and they have everything and they still... Why do you think that is? Somehow they find a vulnerability. It could be that that child is looking for, for looking for attention, looking for love, looking for friends. There's some kind of vulnerability that they pick on. Right. Um, and it can be a million things. Yeah, we, we've seen it. COVID really exaggerated the problem, right? Because everybody was stuck you home. Could, yeah, you couldn't leave. So everybody's on these things. Yep. These kids, you know, they're, they think they're making new friends. The gaming apps are another right. platform. And some of some of the kids, they're just they're, like Sue said, they're looking for something. They're, there's something missing in their lives. It could be just love from their parents. Right. You but know? you've got to also think about think about when you were 13. You know, when, when all of us are 13, we're all messed up at 13. There's no no 13 year old that's that's got it together really. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. every 13 year old is looking for something, and so the predators play on that. They they look for whatever it is, whatever that vulnerability is, whether it's love whether it's looks, whether it's, you know. And and the other very scary thing is that having spoken to so many school kids now, we've realized that at least, what would you say, at least 50% of the school kids now are sending sexually explicit... 75%. Is that like a catfish? No, they send, they literally send new pictures of themselves right. to their friends. They'll, or they'll think that this person is well, a woman. Uh, or they'll just send it in their own school. Like, like they're dating this boy, right, for right. two weeks. Okay, okay, he's my boyfriend. They send new pictures to each other. Now this boy is no longer her boyfriend. Now he's shown into every other kid in the school, right. you know. But it, we've it's asked, everywhere. We've asked kids, why do you do this? And they'll say, oh, it's no big deal. Everybody does it. They mm-hmm. trade new pictures like Nvidia, our kids Nvidia. used to trade Pokemon I just heard, and I know you told me this story in January, but I just heard from a woman last night that she said that there is uh, a boy was catfished. Actually, he's in his 20s, and he was like thinking this girl is this beautiful model girl for, oh my gosh, she's giving him all this attention. She said, send me a picture. So sure enough, he sends a picture, and now I think he committed suicide because he was because he they mm-hmm. threatened and said, "Look, we're going to put this everywhere. All right. You're going to have your family, your friends, everybody. Mm-hmm. You have to send us." And I forget how much it was, but it was like money, yeah, a lot of money, sextortion, yes. And and we we have no no stats on this, but Joe and I firmly believe that we well we know that the teen suicide has gone up since COVID exponentially. And we firmly believe that has something to do with it. These kids get so stressed out by what's happening to them and they don't want to tell their parents and so they end up committing suicide. It's terrible. It is terrible. They think there's no way out. So when we do the school presentations, one of the things that Joe does and our, our lady Brenda who does the school presentations is to tell the children there is a way out. If this has happened to you or even more importantly if it's happened to one of your friends. Right. Because the children that it's happening to might not know it's happening to them. They think this is their boyfriend or they think this is their friend they've right. met online. But their best friend might realize that's not right that she's talking really? to this yeah, guy. This, this guy's 10 years older than her. He's, he's you know, he's gathering her along. So, so maybe 
that person is happening yeah. to, it, it could be her friend that's the, that pulls her out of it, that says, here's here's a place you can call and they're going to help you. Yes, that's the thing. These kids don't know where to go. They're right. embarrassed. Right. Uh, they don't want to tell their parents or friends or family. But yeah. you, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way for them to have an outlet or just a, a hotline to call. And you do have a hotline. Mm-hmm. Sure, we have a national tip line. Yes. You know, we're, we're, you know, you can call even for just resources. Right. It can be anonymous if you like. But the, most of the tips are the people that call us leave their name and number. They want to talk to somebody right. because they suspect maybe something in the family or there's something wrong with an individual that maybe is maybe too close to their children but with an age difference or maybe they're spending too much time online. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things Sue said, like they are all on social media and this is where they call catfishing or these predators, they're assuming to be somebody else. So us as parents, we're so busy and we're doing all these other things that we are not really paying attention to their right. phones or what they're doing on the internet. You know, if you let your child take their phone to bed, you have just opened them up to the entire predatory world that's online. In the world. That in the world. So not just the U.S., but the world. Oh, my gosh. Joe, that the sounds world. I, And I had a conversation with some parents the other day, and they have a 16-year-old, oh, and they yeah. said, it is a battle to the point it's disrupting the house. The 16-year-old thinks they're old enough to have their phone. They're watching all those videos, yeah. Sure, and they're, and they're talking to people, and they... You know, I get it. I mean, it, no, not everybody's a predator online. But to give you an example, they estimate there's a half a million predators online globally every day. And you have a reach, right, globally. Uh, so then... What, it, what was the stat that Homeland just brought out with the... Um, the no, each this, child... Yeah, one in five children are exploited online... Sexually every exploited. Night, sexually exploited online... Every nine minutes. Oh my gosh. One in five. One in five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is globally. Yeah. So that wasn't, when we talked in January, I don't remember. No, that stat just came out. And I, and I do believe that might be just the United States. I, I'd have to re- research it. Um, oh my gosh. One in five kids. Because, like, like Sue said earlier, they're, they're, it's videos and pictures and they get in the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. It starts out innocent enough. Right. Or some of them just. Do it with strangers out of the gate. I mean, we we've spoken to thousands of kids, and we'll do a Q and A at the end. And it's anonymous. We leave cards. They write their questions, you know, and they pass them forward, and they have them on there. Okay, I've already sent some videos to this person, and they won't what leave me alone. Do? Yeah, I don't know what to do. They want more. They want money. They want to meet me, and and I have I don't know who to talk to. Oh my gosh! You know and. It, it, it's a growing epidemic. It is not slowing down. It's getting worse. And there needs to be a public-private partnership to make a difference in this. Right. Because, you know, having been in law enforcement and federal government service for 29 years, I talked to the, the detectives and the investigators, and they're they're working. I mean, they're, they're working they're hard. They're doing as much as they can. They're like, Joe, we don't have enough manpower budget to keep right. up. So there, there's got to be answers out there, but somebody's going to have to take the lead, and we're one of those organizations that's going to see how we can help and how we can support not only law enforcement. you got to get legislation changed. you got to get education programs in there. Right, and it's awareness, like and what you're doing get, for the schools. You've got to get society to change. Society has to understand right. that this is a problem. This isn't a You job. can't turn your back on this. You can't turn your back Just on this. Just because you're not hearing it every day doesn't mean it's not happening right. every day, every couple, like you said. 
one out of five every nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. One of our young analysts said something to me that I thought was very profound one day. He said, you know, this is the first time in history that the kids know more than the parents. I know. And it's absolutely on the text, text, on the text okay. side. Yes. Yeah. You know, so the, the kids can hide things on their phones even if the parents are looking for it because the kids know more than the parents. I know. I had to ask my kids, being, you know, public with my podcast, I would get these friend requests and I said, should I friend them? And they're like, no, mom, they have no posts. They have no followers. Right. It's a scam. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. You know, I don't know. I'm just right. thinking they want a friend request. Me and he, they're like, no, Mom, come on. <laughs> so I'm learning as I go, even yeah. as being an adult. Right. Sure. So I feel like they do know more, but the consequences, they're not sure of what's going to happen if right. they do do something. So they need to be aware of that. Well, yeah. is until, until the kids that are like uh, five or six now are parents, then yes. they'll know more than the kids. Oh, more. yeah. But at it's, the moment, you've grown. got that like 20-year gap, you know. It's so true. I mean, you yeah. know. And I know we can talk about this, you know, for days and months. And I mean, it's just, you know, as long as we're bringing awareness. But I know, Joe, that you wanted to talk about the movie that just was out. Yes, uh, The Sound of Freedom. We've seen a, a, a huge increase in discussions, people reaching out to us, asking for more information, asking us if we can come to their schools or come to their churches or community organizations. Yeah, they <laughs> they left the movie, although the, you know, the movie's set overseas uh, for that particular operation. I believe it was Columbia. It was Columbia. 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 Yes, it was Columbia. In Ecuador yeah. was yeah. the beginning. But it does not look like that here in the United States. Right. It looks different. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it got people thinking. What, what I want to learn more. What can we do? Because I think it scared them. They realized something just with a, a, a sharing of a photo or personal information right. with a stranger online where it could take you. Exactly. So. And then for, for them to just see it and hear it on the news, but to watch a movie and right. actually see... What can happen? Yeah, because you know, sometimes you, I feel like visually when you see something, it's mm-hmm. more impactful mm-hmm. than you would just hearing it on the news. Sure, right. absolutely, 100%. And right. so we've been out there, I mean, we get a lot of requests. We have schools now. This coming semester, we have several already planned. We have other organizations who have, like the Rotary and some others, they're planning events to have us come and speak, you know, to get the the information out there. Because we need the funding, right? Is that what you're... Yeah, you know, that's our biggest challenge now. We'll we'll be starting seven years here. We have the personnel. We have the investigators. We have our analysts who are hunting predators online. We have educators. Um, We have teams that can do surveillance. I mean... And plus, you have the people that are the adults that are stuck in it, trying to get out of it, right? right? So we also work that from our partners, who are in restoration and recovery organizations. Like, hey, we need your help. Yeah. We have a, a, a boy or a girl here, 2022, 20, 24, 30. You know, we need some assistance moving them to one of our locations, uh, right. and it costs money. That's our biggest challenge right now is is trying to keep up with the funding requirements. And as you know, we've rescued kids in Africa, Mexico, Asia. Well, we're part of a security element over over in Nepal. There's there's 30 girls there, and the traffickers found out where they're at, so they're aggressively trying to get them back. Oh my god! And the youngest girl's eight. The oldest is 16. Oh my god! So we try to focus on the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, 80 percent of our work is here in the United States. But we do get requests for help in other countries, and if we can, we do. It depends well, on the funding yeah. and our availability. And like you guys said in the podcast we had in January, Human Trafficking Month. 
these kids, you know, you'll rescue them, but it's not like it's over. Oh, okay, you're good now. Oh, we no. rescued you. Bye. No. 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 no you, tell us. So well, unless you have somewhere, especially in other countries, unless you have somewhere to put that child... They're going to be back doing the same thing in a month because the traffickers are going to get them back. Because in the third world countries, sometimes the parents have actually sold the girls because they'll they'll keep the boys because the boys can work. You know, if they're for if, money, they're selling them. Well, for yeah, money. because they're starving. They're starving. So, in order to feed themselves and the boys, they sell the girls. You know, so it's not it's not always that they want to, but that's that does happen. And and as Joe said, they can be kidnapped. I mean, two of our kids in Uganda were kidnapped on the way to school, but you can't then take them back to their parents right. because they might have sold them, or they don't want them, or they're too much for them. So unless. You can't. It, it, we could. We could right now go to Uganda and rescue fifty kids, Jesus. right? But if we don't have anywhere to educate those kids, then right. what's the point? Because they're going to need therapy. They're going to need. So the five kids that we rescued last year, we have in private schools, but we are paying for everything. It's like they're our kids now. Right. We can't take them out of the country because that wouldn't be legal. But they are in private schools. We're paying for their mattresses, their uniforms, their medical, their food, their pens and pencils. Every, every single aspect of their life we're tuition. paying for. Yeah. Wow. Tuition. So, you know... Without the money, we can't keep doing that because we're still... They're going to be back on the streets. They're going to be back on the streets. Well, and it's the same here, too, the kids in the United States. You know, we primarily hunt predators online, right? Every predator that can be taken offline, you know, we share information with our law enforcement partners all over the country, depending on the jurisdiction. One predator equals 50 to 75 children will not be victimized by that person. So that's a number, that's a real number yes. for us, you know, and that's our niche, you know, right. as well as education, yeah. like Sue says. You know, yeah. if we can get into the schools, which we have, thousands of kids already, and if we get 30% of them recognize this, mm-hmm. yes. they know some of the kids, maybe their families are more structured. Some of the kids don't have such a good structure at home. They can help them. Right. They're like, hey, listen, I think we need to help. We need to talk about this. So so it's a lot of work. It's it's a beast. But if we collapse on it, we really believe the needle can be moved. Right. You know, and that's a start. And, of course, there's a whole bunch of other things that have to occur. And we have strategic partners in recovery and restoration uh, that we you know, we can rely on. Definitely. You know. Um, and, and the laws. We have to change the laws. Right. Um, we have to make the the buyers need to be, uh, need, instead of having a slap on the hand. Right. They need to be accountable. They need to be accountable. So that's one thing. Um, but we have been working with legislation in Pennsylvania, and hopefully we'll go into, um, you know, Washington, Washington D.C. eventually D.C. and, and you know, change legislation. Um, one of the laws that just got changed, in Pennsylvania, you can talk about that, Joe. Well, it? well, it's a bill that passed the committee. Oh, really? Up, up until now, a minor who's been abused, and they're accusing an adult of an abuse, they have to physically be there in court to identify their abuser. Oh. So if you're eight years old, yeah. how are you going to sit there and point to this person who's 30? And apparently Pennsylvania is one of the few states still that has that 
law. Like that's the requirement. So we've been working with Senator Dush. Uh, he has been a champion in Harrisburg for these initiatives. Yeah. And it's bipartisan. I know the Senator Senate Pro Tem Kim Ward was part of it and a couple other state senators. They're looking now that that's not a requirement anymore for a child. So now I, I don't know the next phase. It's going to be brought up whatever the next phase in the committee is for it to be voted on yeah. is passed. Thank Probably you. another year. Yeah. But, I mean, th this is a bipartisan. A, a, there's no demographic that's excluded right. from this, I right? I know. It's not, uh, you, you're the prototype. I mean, yeah. Well, there's no, the, it, yeah. it, there's no race. There's no money. There's mm -hmm. no, nothing. It, it does not, human trafficking doesn't discriminate at all. Right. If if the trafficker can make money out of you, if the deviant lifestyle can 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 make money out of you. They're all good with that. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Right, doesn't doesn't matter. matter. It truly is the, one of the greatest humanitarian crises right. of our time. Yes. Yeah. You know, to where now I oh, think yeah. you mentioned it's it's upwards of uh, 49 million people a year are sold into slavery globally. See, I don't think people can, you know, focus. Right. On, they, right. That number is just way so high. Like, how right. can this be happening? Right. You know, it's not yeah. like. But I, not to interrupt you, hon. But let's get back to the sound of the freedom movie. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that movie is pretty much like an example of really what could happen? Well, it's an example of how it can happen overseas. That taken model or that model. Right. Is not as prevalent here in the United States. Now, does it happen? Sure. About 1%, they estimate, are either uh, this fake job promise, you know, like a modeling agency, like the movie portrays, or taken. Right. Right, to snatch. The white vans at Walmart that everybody thinks is how it you happens know, it, in this yes, country, but yes. it isn't. It's less than 1%. It's about 1% of the time that it does. Um, but what the movie does is start the conversation. It's bringing awareness to this problem. You know, I'm surprised that did uh, that uh, they were able to even make this movie. I'm surprised anybody offered to pick them up. Like as far as producers. Yeah, apparently it was made five or eight years ago. I, I, think I can't it was remember. 2018. Yeah, I think 2000. So. I think so. Why yeah. do you think so, that is? Well, apparently the production company that made it got sold. Okay. And then the, the people that bought it shelved it. They didn't want to release it. No. So it went through a bunch of legal and people trying to buy the rights to it. And finally, Angel Studios were able to make the deal. And they crowdfunded it to, to get it into the theaters. Yeah. Nobody out of the Hollywood uh, entertainment industry wanted to promote it. I know. See, this is what I don't understand. I mean, why are they... I, mean, I wish who, I had the answer. Well, I know. Who was the big actor? Was there any big actors? Uh, yeah, Jim Caviezel, who um, was in Passion of the Christ, was okay. was the, probably the biggest actor in it. Um, Do you recommend it for every family? Well, I would say absolutely. I mean, it's Hollywood, right? I mean, right. but but the, the, it's based on a true story. And I do think people should go see it to understand this was just one mission. Right. One mission. I mean... I, I can't tell you how many cases we have a month going on here in just the states, yeah. not counting our overseas stuff. So I do think people need to go educated because at the end there's there's a uh, 
an interview, I would say, with Jim Caviezel talking mm-hmm. about it and the problem, and you got to get involved. Right. you got to get involved now before you call our tip line or you reach out to us saying, my 15-year-old's missing, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And we've had those calls. Right. I've had those calls at midnight. I've had them at 6 in the morning. We've had them on our tip line. Uh, we've had calls where my 14-year-old son shared a photo. Now these people want money, and they're threatening on putting it on social media. It happens every month. Right, and they can call you. They can sure, call your organization, sure. and you guys can help. Sure. Instead of people saying, oh, my gosh, I don't want to. Um, and that's the thing, awareness with parents to know that this could happen to you. Right, this to, could anybody. to anybody. It's not, not, oh, I live in a great neighborhood, or, I, you know, right, my kids go to a Christian to school, so it's not going to happen to me. It happens to everyone. Right. It's, there is no demographic. You know, and once the photos and videos are out there, they're out there. Right. And so that's what something the kids don't understand. When the parents call us and, and they realize there's somebody's already sextorting them, there's no taking those photos back. Right. So there's no magic bullet here. Okay, make it stop, make it go away. Mm-hmm. There's only, okay, what do we do now moving forward to change it? You know, and the, the, it is possible to, to get away from it. And, and listen. It happened. Okay, now we work on making it right for you right. and your family. Uh, we try there's to. There's a way out of this. Yeah, who's there? There is a way out. Sometimes of there's predators that are known, and we'll get leads on them, and we share them with law enforcement. You know, we find them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it all comes together. And and educating the children is such a huge thing. Um, what they don't realize is these photos, as Joe said, they never go away. Right. So, you know, you're 12 years old, you're sending nude photos, and we've heard that so many times. They're even younger sometimes. Uh, Do you, you know, think they're afraid to talk, like, you know, they don't want to scare their kids to talk about it? I think so. I think so. Yeah. They think that the kids are, are naive and they're not, you know. They say the average age now for a boy to look at hardcore porn, not just soft porn, hardcore porn is 11 years old. So if you're not getting to your kids, if you're thinking your 14 and 15-year-old can't handle this, right. you're, you're totally wrong, you know. But I was the same, but like these kids who are 12 years old, they don't realize that, you know, now you fast forward 10 years, now they're going, they're coming out of college, they're looking for a job. Somebody's oh, scrubbing yes. their social media, and here comes up new photos of them I in know. school at twelve years old. You know, and and unfortunately, they don't they don't see the danger of that. Right? Yeah. They don't yeah. think, oh, it's they a big deal. Yeah, no. When you have a half a million predators online every day, which is the estimate, yes, that's a lot of people gathering a lot of information on vulnerable kids and adults. This right. isn't excluded to kids. I mean, that's why we're focusing on the education to get them educated. And and we know probably 80% of the kids we talk to have already done it. We get it, you right. know, because we, we get some pushback. Well, what's that doing to help? They've already sent the images. Well, we're showing them a pathway forward. Right. They don't have to commit suicide. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. teen suicide's up since COVID. And there's a lot of factors but there's no doubt. There's a. This is a piece of that. Right. We, we've known Absolutely. four or five national cases where the kids have left notes. Mental health. Mm-hmm. Your mental health. Mental health. Is they it, were yeah. so embarrassed to shame the family they took their own lives it's just instead not, of going to their parents. It's and, not. It's. It's. I, I know you make a mistake. I mean, you don't know. You're and we all made mistakes. Yes, when we, we all yeah, right. Mistakes, yeah, right. You know. Yeah, but there's a way out. Right. And and if people really don't believe this is happening, look at a, a thing on um, Netflix called Sextortion. 
and that that will show you what can happen. Right. You know, I um, I kind of, before we wrap this up, I want you to talk about some of the fundraising so that we know that people can come and help mm-hmm. because I think that's the biggest thing right now. If we can have people donate or even volunteer. Sure. Right? Yeah. So all, all of the above. Yeah, we have well, we have a uh, we have a fundraiser event in September thirtieth called the Barefoot Mile with one of our partners. Is that the? Are you sure that's not? Oh, it is the thirtieth. What day is that? A Saturday. Saturday. Okay. And that's at the RMU track over on Neville Island. Okay. Uh, you'll see it on our website. Our website has all of our events listed where we're speaking. You okay. can come out and listen to us talk. You can introduce yourself. If you want to learn some more? Uh, we'll be glad to meet with you there. We started a campaign this year. You know, the average age for a child to be trafficked is 14 years old. That's an average. average. So we started a campaign for $14 a month. You can help us move the needle. That money goes directly to identify predators online, find out where they are, who they are, so we can share this information with law enforcement to get them offline. Because if you remember, as we said, right, every predator equals 50 to 75 kids not being victimized. These kids will never know they could have been a victim. Yes. This person takes right, it off. it's gone. So that $14 a month is huge, and we thought it was a number that most people can get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also looking for business partners. We, we have a few a few people coming to us that have businesses, and they want to get behind us in stronger ways financially. They want to learn more. They have a lot of employees who have children. Mm-hmm. So now they want to tell when you realize you know they want to be they, they want to actually make the difference too. You know they have a they have a bigger presence, a bigger a bigger bandwidth, so to speak, with their company. So, you know, we're looking for partnerships. We're looking for philanthropy, too. Um, And what people don't realize is, uh, I do all the administration for for the Acervo project, is that everything that we do is very expensive. You know, uh, the the software that we use to go after these people, I mean, is very expensive. Aeroplanes are very expensive. You know, to fly to Uganda is very expensive. Joe was Joe's been to Nepal this year right. and Cambodia. Oh, travel, yes. It's it's not cheap. None of these things that we do, and, and even our five kids in in Uganda. You know, as I say, if we had more money, we could rescue more kids there and put them in schools. So all of these things, it, it it's every crazy to say. Helps. Every little bit helps. Yes. And so the more the funds we have, the more we can do to help. Right. So. And especially. In the United States, the kids we're helping here—it's our laws are different, mm-hmm. so it takes is more manpower hours, you know, right. to get that done. So, as Sue said, it, it, we appreciate everybody, and, and also volunteer. There's a, a page on our website where you can sign up and volunteer for our newsletter. Keeps you posted on current trends, what's going on. Um, you know, our volunteers typically will come and help us with labor, just at fundraising events, right. things like that. One of the things we don't need from a volunteer perspective is the, I guess we'll call it the cyber program. All those people that work in those areas are people that I've worked with over the 29 years. What we haven't discussed is a, is a corruption factor here of people on the demand side. Right. So everybody that works in those sensitive areas are people that we've worked with for 20 years plus. Um, we do appreciate the ones that do have some skills and offer that, mm-hmm. yes. but, but we're pretty full there. We're pretty covered there. But I'm glad. We do need, even that. people just want to host an event for us to right. come talk. You, That's yes. huge. Awareness yes. and education Awareness is, huge. is the biggest thing right, right now. And education. Yeah. yeah. Awareness and education 
is a number one goal. I so appreciate you guys coming out here and talking about this again. I mean, I can't stress how many times I, I just want to say to people, please be careful. Please watch your kids. Mm-hmm. Watch social media. And I know, you know, maybe some of the listeners don't want to hear about this because they're like, it's not going to happen to me or, oh my gosh, that depresses me. But this is so important. Mm-hmm. And these two wonderful people, Joe and Sue Sweeney, are really taking this on. And we thank you so much for what what you do for our children and human trafficking and anything that's help, helping anybody that's being kidnapped or explored. I mean, this is what our world is. We got to help each other. That's right. You know, I mean, I you lose sleep over things that you can't control. But if you donate or be a part of the fundraising, and you want Joe and Sue to come out and talk, this is your time. Just mm-hmm. get on there. Tell them your website, honey. Yeah, the website is theaservoproject.org, and that's A S S C R V O. Perfect. Uh, and there's a contact page. Reach out. We'll be happy to call you back, talk to you if you have any questions. You know, somebody will get back to you. Um, Typically, the tip line is for leads. So I wouldn't say leave a message here if you're just looking for general information. You can email us direct, and you can do that right from the website. Uh, And we thank you. Uh, Platforms like this are huge to get the the, the message out there. You know, there's a lot of organizations that are advocates out there. Um, We can connect you if you're not from the local area. You know, we have partners all over the country right so we can get you get you connected with somebody close by it's kind of like an LU Sue example Sue's example a couple years ago it's like mothers against drunk driving mm-hmm. years and years and years you had those dozens of moms who would not stop knocking on the doors of legislators right that's what you got to do and you know what now 30 years 40 years later it's changed society on how, right. how we act this is the same thing. We got to keep. Don't give up. Don't yeah. give up. We yeah. keep pushing forward. We keep making changes. We keep working hard to help these kids and put these predators where they need to be and held accountable. Absolutely. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Jenny. Always a pleasure. Oh, it's always a pleasure. I mean, people like you that I meet, I'm so glad I met you guys because I do, I feel a passion for this because I really want to help people and I want to help these kids that are going through this and adults. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's it's not just women. It's also also the boys. Yes, it is. 100%. And if there's anything else you guys would like to add? No, thanks. And if there's anything you need from us, you know, just reach out and um, we look forward to seeing you at the next next event or wherever absolutely thank you so much thanks Jenny always a pleasure thank you hon this was Spill With Me Jenny D take care come spill